What is up, y'all? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Uh, this is the Get After a Podcast, episode 182. And this is going to be a really cool one. One of the coolest episodes that we've, we've had an opportunity to, to produce um, on the show. <clears throat> We're joined by Dalton Locke today. Um, and Dalton, Dalton and I recorded this episode a few weeks back. Um, um, we connected actually one of my first week, my first week down here in Nashville. Um, Dalton and I actually connected in person, um, struck up a long, long range of conversation. And uh, eventually that led to, um, well, a, a further conversation, which led to, to being on the podcast today. Um, in terms of his background, Dalton for the last 10 years has been really devoted and working hard towards uh, MIT45, which is a Kratom company. Um, if you want to look up Kratom on your own right, it's a... Uh, it's a, it's a plant. It's a plant-based medicine. It's something that uh, people use for energy. People use for uh, herbal. There's so many. There's so many amazing characteristics of this of this uh, uh, of this plant. And frankly, it, it's underutilized. That's what his company is is really focused on doing and scaling out. Um, and they're doing remarkable figures um, in terms of a run rate. Uh, I'm not going to share in terms of the, their specifics, but they're doing very well. One of the probably one of the highest. Uh, um, and this is saying something. We've we've had some really terrific entrepreneurs, people who are running assets of large numbers, and um, at least comparatively, uh, we, we we've had some really cool entrepreneurs on. Um, and Dalton is the CMO at the company. Uh, he's been at the company since the founding of it. He's a founder of it, and um, it's just been. We we go into this podcast talking about so much from what it's like executing on a vision. Uh, over the long run, 10 years into this, where they're really scaling their goals to get to a billion dollar mark, and they're well on their way there. I had a chance to get a, like a virtual tour of his offices uh, out in Utah. Remarkable. I mean, the company is exploding. They're doing so. They're they're doing such great work too. Um, I'm really excited for this opportunity to share this with y'all. I think there's going to be so much benefit benefits from this, and it reminds me too, like. As much as podcasting is big, there's so many amazing voices and people who have so much value that have yet to join uh, a show. This is Dalton's first ever podcast interview, and um, man, I'm just so blessed to, to bring him to you all. Uh, please let us know what you think of this. I think for any entrepreneurs, any producers, anybody who's – this is, this is going to be a great listen. Dalton breaks things down at such a great level, um, but if you're a leader, if you're a young entrepreneur – Oh, wow, you're going to love this one. All right, without further ado, Mr. Dalton Locke, let's cue the intro. This is the Get After It Podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. All right, y'all. Welcome in another episode of the Get After It podcast. I'm stoked to for, for my guest today, Dalton. Thanks so much for joining the program. Really appreciate you volunteering your time uh, to join our audience here and drop some knowledge. There's going to be so much. We were uh, we we caught up on a quick 15 minute call yesterday, and I was like, Dalton, let's just move this right into the podcast. Everything we were talking about there, I think it's going to rip and rave so well with this audience of young entrepreneurs and people who are looking for an edge and some of the work that they do and um, to be honest, Alden, I'm really excited to kind of extract some 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 of the some of the way that you think, some of the way that you're working, and hopefully, I think it's going to be a value to the audience here. So, appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for taking your time this afternoon. Yeah, Aaron, I, I really appreciate you having me on your uh, your podcast. I will be the the first to say this is the first podcast I've ever done before. So, I typically uh, don't do these 
often um, due to time constraints. But um, when I had met you when we were in um, Tennessee, when I met you in Nashville, and uh, we were up in the up in the lounge up there, and we started talking, and you were telling me a little bit about your story and your background and what you had been able to do with your experience of, you know, working in the, uh, in the pizza business for a long time with your family and, and how passionate you were about helping your mom and dad. And then how you, how you went from that, uh, to starting the painting and all the different things that, uh, that you have done. What I found the best about you was that you were fearless, committed, and just thirsty to learn. And more importantly, how you could apply those skill sets and teach other people and that where you had been, in your travels and all of a sudden now you're in Tennessee or you were in Tennessee and now you're traveling again. So uh, you're definitely living the, uh, the entrepreneur's uh, dream from my opinion. I appreciate that. Hey, can you, do you um, really appreciate those words? Can you, can you give us a little bit really? of a background for the audience? Um, obviously they just heard your introduction and your titles and some of the things give it, give a, if we could just pull, pull the curtain back for our audience, uh, take us through a day to day. What's kind of your what's kind of your mo and your position as uh and you're you're a CMO today correct for yeah very fast so company pull us back um, give yep. us a little bit behind the curtain yeah no problem um so I am uh, my role would be a CMO um, I'm also a founder of the company um you know in the beginning of the company ten years ago with uh, with Mit forty five um, we really did everything. <laughs> everything and anything could be done. I mean, I remember one day my partner coming in and saying, Hey, this is the tech guy. And I was like, listen, man, <laughs> I'm not the tech guy. I'm your partner. He's like, I know, but we're doing everything. And I said, all right, fair enough. Right. So no egos can get involved when you're, uh, when you're doing everything possible to make sure you're getting the company moving forward. But nowadays after 10 years, I just, uh, prior to that, I had really gotten a background in digital media, marketing, um, art, design, and um, when it came to package design, creation, uh, the social impact that our brand was going to have, the outward positioning of our company, nobody knew it better like I did because it's what I studied. It's what I loved. And so we kind of just put into those roles. He took over the role of the CEO and he's fantastic at it. And then um, I took over the role of the, the CMO and then we brought on a CEO and, you know, the, or excuse me, a, uh, a COO and all these different departments now because we have a lot of employees. And so you get to a point in time to where you're just focused in your particular niche and, and marketplace. And so that's really, you know, Aaron, what I've, what I've been able to do. So can, can you take me in? We were talking a little bit about this yesterday, <clears throat> not even so much the challenge, but the opportunity of crafting a vision as an executive team. Um, 10 years is so long. I mean, most marriages, it seems like these days don't last 10 years, let alone a business partnership, right? Can you bring us into really what has been the what has been the dynamics of that ever evolving partnership? Because I would imagine you guys are almost entirely in a different sync with one another than probably several times over. There's almost probably five or six different versions of the original founders that have come in in this journey. And can you kind of pull the curtain back a little bit? How, how do you guys do? How how is it? This is my question specifically. How do you guys audit yourselves to make sure that you're on the same wavelength despite there being more team members, more revenue, much bigger goals that even though you've been chasing them, they're becoming more and more in sight. And then you're focusing on this. And then now we aim bigger. How do you guys stay grounded as a leadership team? That is a, a fantastic question. And one I didn't realize the power of until uh, recently. So we had talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday, Aaron, and that is that 
First and foremost, I believe that when you're going to join in a, a partnership, a business relationship, right? This is a, this is a marriage, um, you know, like no other. And you have to be able to, one, be authentically real with each other. You have to be able to be honest with each other and committed towards each other and always have each other's back. And that also means that you get to be authentic to yourself and be able to have the difficult and hard conversations that have to happen. And you have to have a business partner that's willing to hear those things. And as their business partner, you have to be willing to do the same thing, just like any relationship, any friendship, like those things truly matter. And so I think first and foremost, when you're moving into a business relationship, it's important that you have the same set of standards, beliefs, and um, direction, right? And so in order to do that, if I would have been able to go backwards, which we can't, but if I was to go backwards and really kind of formulate the way we're doing things now, it's much different. Uh, we've got together recently when we were in Chicago and we sat in the boardroom and as we were talking, we started to ask ourselves, where do we want to be in 10 years? And then from there, we backed it up where do we want to be in five years, in three years. As we were going through that, let's say it's a financial goal. So my goal as a company is to be the Coca-Cola of Kratom. That's our goal. And so we're talking a billion dollar business. That's a, that's a massive goal, right? A billion dollar business. And so you have to kind of work backwards through that. And as you're doing that, you start to ask your things, even where you're at currently as a business right now, if you were a billion dollar business today, would you be doing the things you're doing right now? And if you wouldn't, then you start to realize that you're taking on a lot of unnecessary things. And when you're starting a company in the very beginning, all you really care about is keeping the doors open, making sure your employees get paid. And so you end up saying yes to a lot of things. And those things that you're saying yes to often are the things that are actually pulling you away from your real vision. And so having your vision on your board or having it in front of the team is what really matters is making sure everybody knows in your organization where you're going and what the end objective is. So there's never a question of that. And then from that point, coming up with all the strategies, the ideas and the concepts and start to commit to what's going to move you forward as a company or moving the largest rock every single quarter to get you closer to that point in time. Also being able to realize there's going to be problems, there's going to be issues in place and trying to first and foremost, see those things coming to you ahead of time. So you know how to solve those problems. And then what I would say to take things just a little bit deeper so that you're on the same page all the time, it's having a weekly meeting with one, your staff on Wednesdays, that's when we do ours. And then having a meeting with your, you know, with the board basically at that point in time. And then having another meeting offsite every 90 days and looking back and reporting on yourself. Hey, like, what did we do? So we have weekly report cards on Wednesdays asking, you know, what did we do? Did we get closer to our goals? What were our objectives? Because when you get bigger and bigger, you want to take on more and more things and you start to have a list of things that are giant and you need to be maybe doing two or three at a time, right? Like constant progression, constant effort moves the rock a little bit at a time. And as long as the team knows where you're going, you're not going in different directions. Does that answer your question a little bit, Aaron? Oh, it totally does. And I, I can't help but think of how much it, that's such a beneficial answer for any entrepreneur, anybody who's running a business system where the reality is, whether it's a, a billion dollars or a hundred billion dollars or even a hundred thousand dollars, what you just said is really the key point, which is actually, I think about it like, a, you know, the tactics that actually get you there are downstream from the strategy. 
and the strategy is downstream from the vision. And it starts with the entrepreneurs at the top or the leadership, ultimately setting a vision for the company and also holding yourselves to that. When ultimately what happens in every business I know I ran, I like personally, the tactics start to run the day to day. And when you get to the point that you're only thinking tactics, that's when you start to stray away from everything that's upstream, which feeds the entire growth of the company. So that's it. There's so much value there, Colton. Can you tell us a little say, bit about? Yeah, yeah, go on. No, I, I would say I would say for you on on that point though. So many people in business, and this is something I've been learning lately a lot. Like the last, the last, well, I probably say the last three four years um, in this journey so far. So one, like I said before, yes, you have to have the vision of where you're going, and ours was just a financial vision. What we just talked about, right? But our organization has much deeper vision, well beyond the money right? The money is just kind of the, it's a measuring stick, we'll call it. But the impact is really what counts the most. Because as an entrepreneur, if you're doing something constantly that you are doing just because of money, you're going to find it's a lot more difficult to continue to move forward when your whole entire foundation feels like it's falling apart. And so it's important first and foremost in that vision to go back a little bit is to know that there's a massive purpose behind it. Now that purpose could be that, hey, listen, I sell water bottles and I'm, let's say my goal is to make a billion dollars. And with that billion dollars, I'm able to help these people or invest into this organization. Or I believe Aaron, that you have, uh, I could be wrong, actually, I might be mixing some things up, but you've got some massive purposes in, in your business where you wanna help people. I mean, just looking back at your mom and dad, wanting to help them, wanting to make things easier for them. So you set off on this entrepreneurial journey, not for the purpose of making a bunch of money, but for the purpose of making sure that you can help your parents and live a little bit better lifestyle because you saw how hard they worked. You know, mom and dad were in the kitchen all the time flipping pizzas and what a strain that had on your family. And knowing that if we didn't just a little more revenue that the business could go under and that plays a lot into their marriage, it plays a lot into the family and plays a lot into your whole entire world so I would assume there might be some some reasons that you end up um, getting into the position of being a business owner because you saw that there were places where they could do things better, and that's just the that's just who an entrepreneur is, right? They see that they can fix something, and they're like, I can't just sit by. I want to fix these things, and if I can actually figure out a way to sell these things, then that's only going to help everybody um, along the process. But going back to what I was saying in a circular motion is that when we're looking at tactics. What we often do is we focus on the tactics and we focus on the how and we focus on the what to get us to where we want to go. The one thing I believe that we leave out of that equation is people. People are what are going to help move your company forward than anything else. Because you could have the best tactic in place. Like if we do this one thing, so say it's uh, buying media, for instance, right? I know probably a lot of your listeners buy media and and do those types of things when they're doing uh, advertising through the internet. You could have a media buyer that's working with you. And this is the tactic that we go to move, to move the dial from, you know, from one to 10. But in that process, there's things that happen because all businesses face it. And that's the trials, the tribulations, the problems, everything that's going to happen in that process. If that person on your team cannot overcome objectives and continue to work through that, you're dead in the water. And so we put so much emphasis on what we're going to do as an entrepreneur, what we're going to sell, 
you know, our marketplace, all these different things, but we forget the number one thing that matters on both sides. And that is the people and the team that you surround yourself with. Would you say, um, how, how big is your team now? Uh, we're probably between both of our organizations, I would say over 50 people. I, I, I kind of lost track. Yep. So would you say you find yourself motivated more so by the, the vision that you had when you started, or is it, is it a motivation also of the potential you see in the team members that you've already built up and empowered? I would say all the above. Uh, yeah. For me, it is definitely the vision of being able to to change to change the to change the planet, right? Like Kratom to me is something that gives people a better quality of life. And when you see people suffering and you know that you have a a natural plant that they can do that, there's nothing better than that. And that's what keeps me moving forward when things get tough. Also, though, when you build relationships, or I should say, when I build relationships with my staff, with my sales staff, or, um, you know, the people in the warehouse that are working, or the, the manufacturing side, or the executive staff, it becomes a quick process of building these deep relationships with these people, and seeing what they want. And I can tell you this, Aaron, that when you dig in deep and you find out what somebody really wants, what drives them, what, what they're passionate about, what motivates them. And you know you have the ability to tweak some things for them to help them get what they want. It becomes kind of this, this, uh, this process that you can't let go. It's like, a dog with, it's like a dog chasing a bone, right? Like you can see where they want, you can see the magnificence in them and you really would love to help them get to where they wanna go. And the beauty of that is, is typically then you're, once you buy into their vision of what they want and you can show them how to get there, they buy into your vision too. Like it's a, it's this relationship, right? It's all relationship. All business is just relationship. So they buy into both sides of that. And so I would say to, uh, to your aunt, to your question is that how do you not as an entrepreneur and somebody that is guiding the ship, how, how do you not buy into your people? You know what I mean? How do you not want to see the best? Cause they want the best for you. Like they're helping build the dream. It's not just you. They're part of the brick. Like, okay, you might be the person that says, here's the structure of it, but they're building it for the most part at one point in time, because you can't do it on your own. So um, you have to have both. Especially those, especially those. And maybe you could speak to this too, the early team members. And this would be something I could, maybe, uh, maybe we could speak to and, uh, because I think of it like there's there's two 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 kinds of team members that you're really looking for, right? There's there's going to be people that will come in and they're they're more of an information base. They want to just run the system the way that the system is working. And then you have people who are more disruptors. They want to challenge the way things are. They're going to build things that are going to be more efficient. They ask questions. They're trying to, and you need different kinds of people for different kinds of roles. You have a really smooth system built out. You want to just plug and play, get people in there, blow it up. If you're rocky with something, we want to have people in there that are disruptors that are going to ask questions. They're going to kind of iron things out as they come. I'm curious if you, and, that, and feel free to add in on that if you'd like, but I'm curious on your end, like in the early stages of hiring, we've got a lot of young entrepreneurs. And, and frankly, we have a lot of college students, college aged individuals, not even college students that are probably looking at potentially joining a fast growing company or a startup or something along those lines. How do they determine that something's a good fit? What is it about the leadership that you would be looking for if you were joining a startup phase who's maybe a little bit smaller than where you guys are at today, but 
maybe a few years ago, we could more relate to this question a little bit more. That's, that's a great, that's, so if I was right now looking at, if I was younger, right, so I'm in my 40s, uh, but if I was just coming out of school, if I was in college and I was looking for an organization to join, I'd first want to know what that organization stood for. Like, what, what are they about, right? I'd want to know and get to know the management internally. And I'd really want to know if these individuals um, live with a level of integrity, if I could count on them. It again, it goes back to the relationship side of things, right? Because there's a lot of people right now um, in the world that we live in. I mean, entrepreneurship is like, maybe it's just where I live and swim. And, and probably with yourself, Aaron, is I see people starting businesses all the time. And some of them being like just this really cool idea. And then there's tech and then there's real estate and then there's disruption uh, in the marketplace right now with different types of products. And, um, you know, you've got people creating uh, public companies for psilocybin for crying out loud. So meaning like, you know, mushrooms. Um, I would say what they're doing, does it align with where you're going, right? Like if you don't believe in say, um, you know, guns, for instance, right? which I have no issues with them. But if you don't believe in them, probably not going to be a really good fit for you, even though you can make a ton of money to go sell something like guns. And I'm talking to the sales side of things, right? Um, but I find that when, when you believe in what you're doing, when I believe in what I'm doing, I can move mountains because I believe in what I'm doing. If I don't believe in what I'm doing, then I'm just chasing a dollar. And eventually just chasing a dollar becomes boring, old, and you'll find a reason to quit anyways. So I'm always looking to surround myself with people that have high levels of integrity, that live and breathe and think on a spiritual level, and that are people that overcome objectives, and I can learn from I've had hundreds of mentors in my life, I'm always looking for people to learn. And I realized a long time ago, not in my 20s, but now, as I don't know anything. I'm always, always learning. And that's how we met, Aaron. It was because I needed, I didn't need to. A gentleman said, hey, listen, um, there's this course that we're going to be learning a lot of ways about how to structure companies better. Do you want to go? And I'm always like, yes, let's go. So I think it's constantly being willing to, to learn. Um, and does that environment provide you a way to learn? Does it challenge you? Does it give you, you know, does it give you the tools you need to succeed is also a big one, I would say. <clears throat> what was the, I'm thinking in terms of, cause we obviously, um, I think you're talking about, uh, Taylor Welch and some of the things that they were doing over with their, uh, um, <clears throat> under the oven. Yeah. Yep. And we're obviously clients of theirs, but I look at in terms of, uh, you, with, with you guys in the last 10 years, how much of, uh, how much of it in terms of what was your biggest growth year and what was the catalyst for it? Was it a, and maybe even that's, maybe not even, that might be too, that might be too broad. Let me scope it down here. What was the biggest, uh, um, maybe leap forward for you, for you all as a leadership team or as a company, was it bringing in some kind of outside perspective that was a kick in the butt? Was it a realization in the marketplace? Like, oh, we could go this way when we've been spending 18 months going right, you know, whatever the case would be. What was that? Could you bring us a little inside, maybe that moment that comes to mind? Yeah, I would, I would say that it's, it's definitely people. Like I'm going to keep going back to people, um, about for me personally, in my, in my journey, um, I'm always reading and always studying and always being a student 
right? I literally am always like, you know what? I don't know about that. Let me, let me see if I can figure that out. Like I'm always constantly learning. Like right now I'm learning how to use Scrum inside of our organization as far as in the, you know, the marketing and, um, and, and packaging side of our business. And so we've been just adding that. So, but for me, the biggest area where I believe that we've probably grown as a company internally for myself is about two years ago. Um, I realized that I, there was some internal healing that I got to do myself, right? Um, because you're leading, when you're leading a group of people, you're only going to be able to lead them as, as well as you can lead yourself. It's just how it works. There's no, there's nothing magical about it. And so I realized that. And so I started to look for a, a way that I could connect more um, with the masculine, with, with just, just men, business owners. I wanted to connect more with them. And so um, I read a post uh, from a gentleman and basically they were doing a men's training. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Cause it was right after the new year. And I, and I was calling forth, I work a lot through my meditation, intuition, um, relationships and so forth. That's all really how I, I process things. And so as I was doing that, I found this training anyways, long story short, I went and did this training. One of the hardest things I had ever done, the gentleman that ran the training, which no longer does it, they only did it once ever, literally. And um, after that, I hired him on as a coach because they knew more than I knew. They were able to run businesses, they were able to do things in a different way. So I hired him as a coach. I worked with him for a full entire year. And then I took that same individual and brought them into our organization um, with my other business partner. And he was like, I don't know why we're hiring on this person. I'm like, I think there's some value. And because he trusted me. So this is so important. When you have a business relationship, you have to trust each other because there's certain things where we think we know things and maybe there's a little bit of tweak we need to do that will bring us that much further ahead. And so it was bringing in that person, looking at our sales systems, what we could do better, looking at how we could be more efficient in our manufacturing, our communication with our uh, master distributors, and just a lot of different things that we had to tweak along the way. And it was these small tweaks. And as we did that, we started bringing on the right um, individuals that that really were moving towards our vision that could help us get there, right? Like when you're, when you've got a vision to become a billion dollar business, that's not a small vision. There's a lot of pieces that need to go into that. And so it's acting as if and doing as if. And so it's always about, it's always about surrounding yourself around the right people constantly. If you're in a room where you're the smartest person there, you should not be in that room, period. Wrong room, right? Always. Curious, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that answers your question, Aaron, and giving you a, a clear answer. And I know that's what your listeners want. They want this clear answer of like, what could I do today that would tweak my business and, and make it go there? I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, a lot of it has to do with listening to what you know. And a lot of it has to do with luck, being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. The only way you're in the right place at the right time is if you're doing the work. If you're, mm. if you're connecting with people, if you're going to, to masterminds, if you're studying, if you're listening, if you're always, you know, Stephen Covey says, if you're always sharpening your saw, if you're always sharpening the saw, luck happens not because like, what is it? I think there's a saying something like, um, luck Harder favors the, the luckier I get. Yeah. yeah. So like it's something I ask myself constantly. I'm like, what did we do differently that gave us this little tiny thing? Um, I often wanted to quit. And my, my business partner, the most tenacious man I've ever met in my life, he just wouldn't let us quit. 
And every time we'd go to quit, he would do something that um, made me even more committed because I wasn't going to walk out on my brother. Yeah. So. Mm. Boy, this is a tough one. To, this is a tough question to follow this one, but curious what the biggest bottleneck for you guys is right now. Is it is it finding people to help you expand or where, 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 where would you say the biggest bottleneck is right now over? Um, yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, so biggest bottleneck I would say for us right now is in the growth side of things, right? Expansion side of things. Um, and it is how do you take a product that is in one industry that has been known so well in that industry for such a long time, and then to move it to another completely different marketplaces that they don't know anything about your product. So literally, it's mm. like you have this, you have all of this success over here, but now you're going to walk into another room where nobody knows you. And they're like, well, I don't know. You kind of smell a little bit at the moment, right? <laughs> and then like, you know, they're just not sure. They don't have the trust for you to yep. let you in that room. And so it's like knocking on the door, trying to get in the VIP room. You know, I used to be a club promoter when I was younger and it's getting in the right room at the right time. And again, I think it goes back to the same thing, Aaron, is, is surrounding yourself around people that have already done it. They've already got the experience of doing it. And then listening to them, knowing you don't know everything and position yourself to win, but it takes, it takes time. Um, and that would be on a business level. And as far as the department level goes, it's prioritizing the things that are going to move the company forward at the quickest rate with the least amount of effort, the most amount of efficiency and taking yeah. all the other things that are on the plate, which there's always thousands of them, it feels like, and making sure those still get done and, and moving that forward. And I think as a, as a leader, you're always constantly figuring out the better way to communicate um, and the better way to move the team forward. And look, I got no college education. I got no background in any of that. I'm probably not the best, you know, the best CMO in the entire world. Actually, I know I'm not. Um, I'm making this stuff up as I go. So, you know, sometimes it's just about doing and scraping your knees up yeah. and <clears throat> getting back up and doing it again and looking stupid in front of your team and um, being honest with them. Like, hey, I, I'm doing the best I can here. Like we're learning yeah. together. I, I constantly am saying that I'm doing the best I can. We're learning together, um, but we are going to get to the top. Don't know how, but we will. I'm curious. Uh, we're about a year, a year removed from quarantines and COVID hitting. What was the team size before COVID? How did you, uh, how did you lead your team during the, during those, especially the first two, three months? That was just madness. Yeah. Most of our team uh, all work from home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I, I think that I learned the most is a lot of people feel that you can run a business by zoom, right? We can do calls like zoom. Right now we're doing this interview by zoom and maybe you can with what we're doing right now, you and I, sure. but there is something said, and this is how you and I met Aaron. There's something said about human interaction. And so the difference between now and then is that we were communicating through Zoom. Most people, I don't think they can efficiently work from home very well because they have a lot of distractions. You know, you've got, if you're girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, you're out at the house, you want to think that they're going mm -hmm. to leave you alone. That doesn't happen. And we need to be able to get up and go to the office and sit in a room and interact with each other because that's where creativity comes from, right? That's where yeah. like ideas come from. 
So I think for us, when that happened, it was very difficult for us because that's how we've really grown as a company is we're not a virtual company. Like we're very much, uh, you know, we're, we're crawling over each other at the moment, but we're very much all in the same area working together, obviously wearing masks and, you know, we have temperature gauges at the front of our, our office and, you know, there's sterilization stations and, you know, we, we have a lot of different things we have to buy by two with, with what we do as a company. But I think for the beginning, when this was happening, it was just setting clear expectations and making sure first and foremost, that you're looking at your staff and doing the best thing you can for your staff, but also not allowing fear to make your decisions. Mm. You know, I've got um, mm -hmm. in business um, and in life, there's a, a, a story that my, my business partner has, and he's told me this many times, and I think about it all the time. And that is that when you're laying in bed at night, you all of a sudden hear a noise and it's a loud noise and it startles you. And you're like, what, what, wait, what, what was that? And then you think, should I get up? Well, yeah, I need to get up because what if someone's trying to rob me? And so you have this point in time where you get to react. Now, do you react by thinking someone's there to rob you? Do you hide underneath the covers? And often when you get outside or when you get around, you realize it's just a cat. It's not a robber. And constantly everybody in business is being <clears throat> ran by fear. There's been yeah. so much fear the last year, you know, of, of unfortunately a lot of people passing away and a lot of things happening. Um, but we can't just run by fear. There's also logic sides of things too. When those emotions get too high, then, then that becomes problematic. Um, but really, I mean, I think like every business out there, they would probably just try to do the best they could, Aaron. Like yeah. you don't know what you're going to do. Never being put in that situation before, never having to go through anything like that. Um, it, it lets you see, you know, one of the, one of the greatest things I actually read this yesterday, one of the greatest things, and you know, if you're running your company, uh, you get a. let me put it this way. You get a very clear picture that you're running your company in a way that you're proud to run it is when one of your staff members comes to you and they say, listen, I know we're going through tough times right now. I know this is hard, but you don't have to pay me because part of the ship, part of the crew. Like we're either going to win together. Or we're going to go down together. And for me, that level of loyalty, it just brings tears to my eyes. Like it, it it's mm. moving to see that you're actually doing something that matters that much. And my whole team, they all came together. We rallied around each other. You know, people definitely got sick and, you know, we took care of them. And when their parents were, were sick, we're bringing over, you know, toilet paper and vitamins and doing everything we can. Like we are, we're a crew of people that yeah. truly care about each other. And I think, I think that's what a company needs to be. I'm, I'm, I'm curious uh, to take us back a little bit, thinking in terms of about 70% of our audience under the age of 27. Um, where was, because uh, when, we, when we talk about where you guys are headed, we're talking about uh, the Coca-Cola of your industry and, and, and scaling your company, and you talk about a billion dollar figure, these are huge numbers. You guys have the numbers to back them up. There's a lot of growth that's happened in 10 years in terms of where you're at, both personally and business-wise. For those of our audience that are probably in a, let's go for like maybe that 5% of our audience right now, it could be larger. That's just questioning how any of this is going to work out. And they're 18, 19, 20 years old, just lacking the skills, frankly, to be able to project anything in terms of where they're going to head. Take us back if you could, just where, where was Dalton 
at 18, 19, 20. And, and how does, uh, how does uh, just a little bit, if we could just go into the story of how you end up as a, as a chief marketing officer in a, in a, dare I say, a unicorn company, but a company really making a lot of moves and changing a lot of lives in terms of where you guys are headed. Yeah, I think, yes. Um, wow. That feels like that would take a book. Um, but I'll, I will may need my, it. We may I'll need do it. My best to just uh, keep it very, I, I'm, I'm not a man of sm- little words, that's for sure, sometimes. Um, so when I was about 18, 19 years old, um, I had just left my house. Um, I was uh, I was living in a buddy's basement uh, at that age. And um, I remember- where you, time, where are you from? Where are you from? Can you paint a little picture? Yeah, no problem. Uh, so I'm from the Utah area, um, just uh, outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. And um, I barely graduated high school. Um, I actually, this is, this is kind of who I was when I was younger. It's like I'd had, I didn't go to school much. And I always thought once I get out of school, once I get out of this state, this city, whatever, like I will be successful, quote unquote, successful, whatever you want to call that as. But at the time for me, it meant money. Um, I came from a family that was basically, you know, middle-class, uh, we definitely struggled, but we always had what we needed. We had food, we had, you know, clothing and those types of things, but there were definitely a lot of other kids around me where I wanted more. Um, and, um, so when I was younger, I had all different kinds of jobs. And I remember when I decided to finally leave the house because I thought I knew better than my mom and dad. And I ended up actually moving in with a buddy and I lived in their basement and when I lived in their basement, the mom came down and said, oh, I think you've been smoking marijuana. And they kicked me out of the house and I had nowhere to go. So instead, what I did is my buddy called me and he says, hey, I got a job for you. And so I ended up on a, at a high adventure scout camp, teaching kids how to shoot bow and arrows and, and leading these kids. And so that was a really big pivotal moment in my life of change um, because it let me see that I could lead people and also let me see I really enjoyed doing that because before it was just always ideas about what I was going to do in business and and I literally my, myself and my best friend at the time well he's still my best friend these days um, his name was Colin is Colin him and I would just talk about business ideas all the time we had businesses when we were younger right none of them succeeded they were just little small businesses there was no internet there was no we were selling ice cream we were throwing parties we were doing anything we could just to try to figure out a way to make a dollar and doing a very poor job at it for sure um, but I would say through that whole path after the, the scout, going through scout camp, leaving there, um, and then coming back and just slowly working for companies. But my problem was, Aaron, is that, and this is not something I recommend for your listeners at all, because looking back, I don't think I'd have done it this way. Every time I'd work for a company, I don't care what it was, I would find out how much the top person in that company made. And then once I found out that it was under $100,000 at the time, I would lose all passion instead of realizing like I'm, I'm looking to just accumulate more and more skill sets here that I can actually eventually one day, you know, put into place. So over the course of years and years till my thirties, I'd had different jobs, ran different companies, um, made money, lost money, made money, lost money, bad business partners. But because of all of that, I think it just kind of led me to have the skill sets of where, you know, where we are currently, like I said, always a student. And um, I think that you have to know as an entrepreneur, like your chances of success, they're not high. 
Like you're, you're, you're going to Vegas and you're, you're throwing the, you know, you're throwing the dice. Um, I think the odds are better in Vegas to be perfectly honest. I mean, it's true. Like there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of like craziness, I think in every entrepreneur, like I don't, I've never met one that is, would be comfortable having a job from nine to five. No, we'd rather work 90 hours a week because we're creating our own destiny. And I often think that that's probably pretty crazy, but I love entrepreneurship and I love, and I love people that decide to take that journey. It's just, it's a powerful thing. Um, but to really kind of just wrap things through that, Aaron, and that I would say that it becomes a very difficult thing to pinpoint, like, how do you get from here to here? And the only thing I can say that makes the most amount of sense to me is well, two things. Always be working on yourself. Always. Personal development is the first and foremost, like, top of all entrepreneurship because you can have all the skill set you can have all the you know the mechanics of everything but you don't know who you are until your back is pushed up against the wall and that's where that personal development stuff comes in that's where leadership comes in that's where people can see you who you are based upon your character um, and then from there it's just being relentlessly committed like you're gonna fall you're gonna scrape your knees you know Aaron and and I would say it's looking back, I, I think one of, one of the greatest things would be just continuing to move forward. Like if you look at your podcast right now, I believe you're well over a hundred podcasts, uh, interviews. That's a lot. Like most people will start up a podcast and I've done it. So I know life becomes life, things get busy, and then you just stop doing it. Well, if you look at anybody that's successful, it might look like they're successful or whatever you want to call it. Or even if you look at someone that works out all the time, you don't just have this amazingly beautiful body you have to continually to go to the gym you have to continue to put in the reps and businesses it's the exact same thing like there is no magical way like if you hear somebody that you're watching you're on the internet you're on facebook you see an ad about how to make a bunch of money today fucking just exit because stop chasing shiny shit it won't work principles are principles like Business has principles. There's a book called the 10 day MBA. It has like, it has principles in there. There's books like how to win friends and influence people. Those are principles. You apply those to your business. You apply those to your life. And if you don't know what you're doing, you don't have the skill set. hire on somebody that does, but chasing shiny objects. And I have chased a lot of them. Um, won't get you anywhere. Getting education on the other hand, definitely will. I think of it like, um, have you ever seen that show uh, Bar Rescue with uh, John Taffer, the guy? Who I have, man. I think it's amazing. It's a great. It's great. Uh, it's great for marketing. I, I had a. Uh, I had an opportunity. I had the 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 producer of that show on Brand Pivotic, um, probably around this time last year. In fact, he don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but I think he'll be back on actually the next couple of weeks. But Brand said something I thought was really. Brant's behind not only that show, Biggest Loser, Weight Loss Edition. He's behind some of the big, some of the biggest shows on television, and. Now he does corporate consulting. Actually, I don't know what the hell he does now. Now he's like driving around the country. I'll find out in a couple of weeks. I don't know what he does. But in terms of the 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 thing that I pull from that, I think about what you just said is he 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 mentioned before he quote made it in Hollywood. One of the things that he was always trying to do when he was young was looking for the shortcut. You know, how can I expedite the process? You know, from going from A to Z. And he said, you know, not only does it not work, it actually, it holds you back. Ultimately, when you're not just focused on the moment and the things that you can actually move forward today, you're focused instead on how can I skip those days? 
you're really just actually you're you're looking at it entirely backwards. You don't because also also there's something to be said about skipping that. It means that you're you're outcome dependent, and when you're outcome dependent, your life just turns into just for lack of a better word, hell, because there's no way to actually enjoy anything until you reach the destination. And as we all know, it, nothing's as good as it is when you get there. It all is going to go oh. away. Everything is about the instantaneous moment, finding joy in the pleasure in the moment. Yeah, it's it's uh, people often just want things. I wouldn't say given to them, Aaron. Um, but I know I did. Right. Like if I could have just cut made the shortcut and just been like, all right, cool. Millions of dollars in place or, you know, fancy vacations or making a big impact or whatever it is. Yep. But it's often if you look back, at least when I look back, when I look back even at our company and we won't get into these and I'm not going to share any of these. But when you look back at the business and you see most of the memories you have, they're not typically the good memories. They're not like the, oh man, I remember when we did this thing or broke that record. That stuff's cool. Mm. But you often, I often remember like, holy shit, how did we get through that? This is so like, true. Oh my gosh. Like being in my office when I was, you know, when wow. the business started living, living in my office on a couch, it's the glory stories is, you know, you know what I mean? Like the good old day stories. But it often, though, is what propels me forward and pushes me forward because I'm like, man, I remember I got through that. Like, I, yeah. I did that. My team did that. Like, we, we went through that. I mean, Aaron, you've, you've probably got plenty of those stories yourself. Your, your dad's probably got plenty of those stories. Your mom's got plenty of those stories. Yeah. Um, you know, it's people want the highlight reel. And even in these podcasts, people want the highlight reel. It's like, how do you, how do you condense you know, a long period of time into it, into a such, you know, an hour program. Um, and I do believe that some of the problems with the way that we think in general is that we want the answers. You know, when I was a kid, we watched, you know, sitcoms and they would go from like, here's the problem. And, you know, Tommy would get hurt or so-and-so something would happen that was this tragedy and it would be solved within 30 minutes yeah. of the whole show. Fast food society. Like it's just, it's not there. It's having the focus and, and getting to where you want to be, but it does take time and it's giving yourself mercy and realizing don't compare yourself to anybody else. Stop paying attention to the Instagrams and all the highlight reels in life. Yep. It's not real. It's just not. Um, there's a lot of pain. And just because you see something really beautiful going on on the front end, that doesn't mean what's going on the back end. It's like, mm. you know, <laughs> you, you've seen... You've seen the couple that they're like these really beautiful couple and you're like, man, they're beautiful. And they look like they got it all figured out from the outside, but then behind the scenes, it's nothing like what it looks. It's nothing like what it looks. Nobody wants to know how the sausage is made. They just want to eat the sausage. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, well, it's like, uh, if you want to take, if you want to, if you want to feel like you want somebody's good, good days, you got to take their bad with it. Right. And it's, it's ultimate, like I had, um, this is funny. We were just talking, a friend of the show, Joe Lisa, is an old friend of mine. And he's, uh, we actually both ran painting businesses a few years back. And we, we actually reconnected last night and we're both having uh, record months in revenues in both of our businesses. And the joke we were talking about is how, how funny it is with people see revenue as this, some kind of, you know, oh my gosh, they're crushing it. They're killing it. And it's like, 
Oh man, and I was talking to my father about this the other day. It's like that money already has priorities. <laughs> we got things to do. We've already planned out where that stuff's going. Yeah. And it's it's um and maybe it's just a lack of perspective. Maybe that's what it is ultimately is why you need to go through those those rungs on the ladder of you know you just mentioned going back to you know showing somebody at the adventure camp how to shoot, shoot a bow. It's like you have to go up the 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 rungs on the ladder of figuring out small little pieces of your perspective that are ultimately going to fuel you when you just mentioned you have the moments where you actually remember the most, which are the building moments, the sleeping on the floor. I mean, there's so many things with, uh, there's so many things out there. And, and, and it's interesting today where uh, it's fed to us, not only as you just mentioned, it's almost like a, uh, as like a fast uh, thing. It's like immediately everything wraps up. It's all so quick. The other thing is it's packaged so quickly and disseminated so easily and it's at our fingertips where it's almost like uh, it's almost like pornography before self-help, right? Like it you is. can spend all day just addicted to personal development and all these things when the reality is you got to be focused on revenue generating activities. That's going to be the best thing that you can potentially do for your business as opposed to constantly studying and reflecting that yes. there's a balance, right? I would, I fully, I, I agree with you. What I, what I see is there's a lot of people that are, um, info seeker whores, right? They really, they're not willing to do anything with it. Find somebody that you resonate with um, in the personal development field. And in that book, there's going to be a lot of different things that you can do that's going to get you to where, yeah. you, might, where you might wanna go, right? Um, I remember years ago that I was going through some books and I was like, I, there's some things I want to figure out. And I kept buying all these books. And every time I'd get to a part in the book, it would give me an exercise. I'm like, man, nah, I don't want to do that. And grab another book. And all of a sudden I realized, I'm like, hold on a second. It's not about the book. It's about the exercises that really matter. It's about putting in the work that really matters, not reading it, not trying to think that when you say something, you're going to be the smartest person in the room. Cause for the most part, nobody really cares anyways. Not really. Um, but it's, and even, and even your listeners, right? Like they could sit and listen to all these great successful people. And, but in the background, there's plenty of things those guys are probably working on those men and women. And that I think is what separates people out is that it's not about working on a ton of things at once. It's about picking one or two things and just getting that done and getting that win yeah. underneath the belt, because that'll also make you feel better at the end of the day anyways. And really, Aaron, most people, that's what they're doing is they're all looking to just kind of feel a little better, right? Everyone's looking just to feel a little better, be a little happier, a little, a little more peace, a little more content, a um, little mm. more adventure, right? So, um, I, man, your listeners that are thinking about being entrepreneurs or going after that dream, I commend them. Um, I know the war they're ready to go into or they're in currently at the moment. And the only way you fell is when you quit period. When you give up, that's the only yeah. time. Other than that, it could take you 10 years. It could take you 40 years. It could take you a year from now. Um, but we often forget that, man. You've been beyond generous in your time here today, Dalton, in more ways than one. Can we, uh, just to wind things down here, uh, we could go. We could go all day on this. Um, of course. I got a couple more I want to hit you with, though. Uh, specifically here for um, for your young leaders, the people who are within your company. I mean, I would um, I would go as far to predict that, or just as far as obviously I don't know too much on the operations end of your company, but I can't imagine there's much uh, uh, 
uh, what would you call it, flap or, or you know, you, you know, uh, useless portions, right? It's very lean. I would assume you guys are very lean, even though it's a growing company, 50 people. That's that's lean in a lot of ways. What do you do to build up your your, your the younger members of your team? How do you as a, how do you as a, somebody who's obviously been through the reps and business? I mean, you and your partners alone just with this option, but you've talked a little bit about your life journey and some of the things that you've been doing. How do you build up the young leaders and also develop the the people within your company as a whole? What are some of the things that you guys do as leaders to try to build up your team? Yeah, that's that's that's, uh, that's great. Um, most of our team is young. Most of our team is very young. Um, what I do my best is similar to what I guess probably my grandfather would have done. And that is to, to tell people my experiences, to share my experiences with them and let them know what I would have done or would do differently. doesn't mean they will, or they won't. So there's that side. Um, I build relationships with these men and women, letting them know how deep I care about them. That is everything from their health to where they are financially, to their personal development, to checking in with them. And I believe as a leader, once you're around people long enough, if you're paying attention to the sheet of music, in other words, as a conductor, you see where people are off a little bit and where you can just slightly kind of push them back into where they want to be, where, so that there's the answer, where they want to be, not where you want them to be. So it's putting people in the seat to where they want to be because you can take somebody in your organization, give them a role, that they're doing and you you think they're gonna be good at it and they're doing it and they're failing miserably. And then you can take that same individual and put them into another role and all of a sudden they excel. So you have to be listening to the music of your, of your staff, paying attention. Um, and then what we do here in our organization is we put our team, I don't care whether they're in the warehouse, they're doing sales, uh, they're in the financial department or you know, they're, they're doing a, a lot of the, the marketing and other pieces that we have here in our, our company, we put them through personal development if they choose to. We have a lot of, a lot of people we put to personal development. Um, we take trips together. We get to know our people. And really one of the magnificent things that my business partner is, is amazing at, and that is he brings people into his office. He talks to them on a much deeper level than anything that has to do with business, understanding what's going on in their personal life, understanding what struggles they're dealing with in their personal life, because that reflects here inside of the office. And if you have happy employees, your business seems to move a lot better in my experience. And so a lot of it is a little bit uh, esoteric in that aspect. And then the other thing is too, is once you find people that um, in a role, for example, say you've got someone that's coming into a marketing department like ours and they really like to write, but they don't understand ad copy. Okay, so I could go hire on someone that does know ad copy, which is one option, or I can take someone that's inspiring to be like that and give them an hour or so uh, in between the times they're working to, to learn, right? So we invest in our staff, we invest in their, into their health as far as with um, health benefits, vision, dental, life insurance, like we care about our people. And I think when your people know you care about them, they'll go miles. I've had many, many employees tell me that they can't imagine working anywhere else and they want to retire here, which I, in my twenties, I never told that to any company. So, and then recognizing that not everybody thinks like you think because you're an entrepreneur, you think very differently than somebody that has a job that they go home and they turn off and they deal with their families or do whatever they're doing in their lives. And for me, I'm also 
um, open and excited when someone decides to go on and move into a different direction, it's better going to serve them. And so it's also holding those people accountable to where you want to go and recognizing that if you let them go, the only thing you're doing is actually helping them and doing your best to lead that on a really clean level and making sure that your team realizes that they can talk to anybody about anything. Like nobody's above anybody. Um, it's just not how we roll. So there's respect, but there's not like you will do this or else. And we allow creativity and we allow people to, to have their own minds on how to solve problems. Suggestion boxes. We actually take that, you know, seriously. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's so much good there. I, I, I think it too. And um, this almost goes back to in the painting business. One of the things that coaching other painting uh, entrepreneurs, especially in college, it, it's not, it's not simply a college student, young entrepreneur. It's a young entrepreneur thing, whether the entrepreneur is 18 or 58, the first time firing somebody and removing them from the team, or not even the first time, maybe the first five or six or seven, 10 times. It, it, it's a challenge. What you just said there is, I think, really good for entrepreneurs to really hone in on is the fact that it's there's there's two elements of this. The first is what you just mentioned. There's probably a lot more elements than just these two, but, but for, for sake of this podcast, the first I'm thinking is like you're redeploying that person into a purpose and a passion that's going to be, they're giving them the opportunity to go find something that's going to be a better fit. Because if it was a great fit, you wouldn't be considering firing them in the first place or removing them from the team. Firing is such a buzzword. It's like really ultimately they're not in the role they're meant to be. So it's almost selfish. It is selfish for you as a leader to continuously have them in that position in that they're not meant to be here for, right? As a leader, we have the obligation to put them into a new position um, whether it's through letting them go and having them go on that journey themselves, or as you just mentioned, deploying them in a different spot in the company because they're naturally more suited um, to be to be beneficial in that role and actually enjoy it ultimately, right? Absolutely, and the, yep. And the second part I think about is just the expectations portion. It's impossible to reset expectations. So as a leader, so many of the early mistakes, at least I maybe this is, I don't know if you can relate to this. For me, I certainly was with hiring. It's like, it's the expectations you screw up has nothing to do with the team member, but you have to let them go because you're the leader. You have, you, you can't go. Ultimately, if you make the mistake in setting the wrong and improper expectations, a decision has to be made. And unfortunately you're the person running the show. And even though it may not be fair, it may not be the technically right thing to do. It is the right thing to do because you signed up for this job that ultimately we talk about it as a game. It's one of the most challenging. It's, Nine out of 10 people don't make it in a 10 year span, just in, just, in a, just in a regular business. How many people have hobbies that are kind of businesses? It's tough because it's, you're constantly reinventing yourself or you're either growing or you're, or you're dying, right? I think that's the, the hardest thing to push One of my favorite on. things in the whole world, man, you're either growing or dying, that's it. Yes. Go in between, right? And if I, I have this, this is harsh probably to your listeners and I don't mean this literally, so please hear me out on this. I believe that if I can look back on my life a year from now and I have not grown in some form or another, it's probably not a good idea I continue on this earth. Mm. Or at least at a bare minimum, the direction that you've been put, pushing towards in those 12 months, right? At a bare minimum. At a, at a bare minimum, yes. But I do believe that's absolutely impossible yeah. if you're continuing on a daily basis. You will find progression. Cool. And it's... And sometimes, you know, you, you want it faster. Everybody wants it faster, as we talked about before, but it just, it takes time, you know, it takes time and it's, and it's, and it's being gentle with yourself because I, um, 
being a business owner is a mentally taxing game. There's so much there. Uh, Can I hit you with one more? We have time for one more. I I got time for you, man. I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't. Cool. Um, The audience might be disappointed. This is more of a tactical question. I'm curious because it's the start of a new quarter, end of a month. Um, Do you you have a personal or company-wide review and reflection how do you guys set goals? What do you guys do? Can you can you kind of just take us into that process? And maybe if we could also maybe even uh, with a little bit of emphasis on just assuming we have a solopreneur or somebody who's got a smaller team, maybe less than 20 team members or so in terms of contractors and overall, what are some of the, if you could shed light on both, maybe personal reflection on the quarter and also business? Sure. So you and I talked about this yesterday, Aaron, and that is revenue solves all problems in business. Plain and simple. Um, so what activities, if I was a small business, so I'm, we're going to take it there a little bit instead of going in the grants because, because of your listeners, if I'm a small business, what activities can I do in this quarter right now, right? That is going to move me the furthest ahead. So now we're going to, we're going to backtrack a little bit. If we looked at our 10 year goal that we talked about before, we then move that 10 year goal to five and three, and now one. What can we do this year as a whole, our overall goal, to get us to our large goal? Make sense so far? Okay. Yeah. So once we know that, we're breaking those things down in chunks. Four, like basically we have four quarters. So we're breaking them down into chunks. And at that point in time, I'm going to say, okay, looking at last quarter and looking at currently where I'm at right now, what do I need to do to be able to move my business forward? Now, most people the more calls you can get or the more people you can get in front of, the better off you're going to be. So if I'm going to sell clients, if that's what I'm doing, if I'm offering a service to people and what I'm going to do is say, okay, here's my revenue goal. Let's say it's $10,000, $10,000 a month right now. What do I need to do to, to get that goal? Break that down. So I need to get in front of 10 people And I'm going to sell, you know, basically one package for $10,000. And here's my closing ratio. So you break that down and then you ask yourself, okay, how many times can I do that activity? And the more I do that activity, the better off chances I have. And so what I would do at that point in time, I'd say, okay, on a daily basis, I need to get five to 10 leads, or I need to reach out to five to 10 people or whatever that may be. And I need to give this many presentations. And just make it so it's really simple. Break it down in like three chunks for the quarter and then hold myself accountable for that. Find out exactly what I can do to make sure that I'm gonna hold myself accountable. Is that another business uh, owner that we're doing the same thing together? Is it a friend? Actually take that back, don't do a friend. Is it a business owner? Do I have a personal assistant? Who can hold me accountable? Is it a coach to do that activity And then no matter what, I get to be honest with myself. I can't bullshit myself and say, ah, you know, I got on a phone today and it didn't go too well. No, you didn't actually talk to anybody. You talked to your your buddy about going out tonight. That doesn't count. So it's really measuring every activity you're doing first and foremost. And there's things like Asana and Trello and so on, writing out everything you're doing, figuring out where you're actually getting your results from the most, focusing all your time, energy, and effort there that's going to give you the largest amount of return for your time, money, and effort. Once you know that, keep doing that. Don't get confused with trying to read personal development books. Don't think about what you should do next. No, just keep doing that. 
And once you've done more of that, then you'll see your results and you can measure that. And I would measure yourself on a weekly basis and then a monthly basis and then look back on that quarter and then reset your goals. Did that work? Did it not work? Um, and then once you have that in place, then you can take that money, build the same system and put somebody else in that seat that you were just doing and then replicate that system, right? Over and over and over and then start to do the things you really love to do. One of the things that we do and one of the things I think helps everybody earn is make a list of the things you love to do and how long it takes you to do those activities and the things that you, you like to do that you're good at and the things that you're good at that you don't like to do, and the things you really hate doing. Get clear on all of those activities. And at that point in time, you can start to see where your magnificence, where your expertise lies in your business and focus there. But make sure where you're focusing is creating income and is creating a result in your business. Because if you're not creating income and revenue in your business, you're going to be out of business. And this is a revenue producing activity. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really good. You can see me taking notes here. <laughs> yeah, no, I see you taking notes like crazy. So yes, that's that's the big one. And it's just breaking things down. Like the human mind can only handle three to five things at any given time. And it becomes overwhelmed if you add any more to it. Like imagine if you were to ask me 10 questions right now, my brain's just going to be like, uh, uh, I'm fried. Like I can't think of anything to give you the answer to. But because you give me a question, one at a time, it gives me the time to think about it, kind of process through it, think about how we do things as, um, as an organization. I am not, and I'd let your listeners know, I'm a creative type, man. Like my, my way of working is madness. It really is. I see in images, I see in colors, I see in panatones, I see in typography. I see like, you know, different types of, uh, you know, advertisements and I go in the store and I look at things. So I don't think like I would say a typical COO would think, or even a CEO would think, I think in a very creative way, but our business, we need both sides of that. So that's where I spend all my time and energy and effort. So the questions you're asking, I really feel like is a very, uh, a great question to ask a, um, a COO, because that's who I turn to in my organization is my COO and say, Hey, how can I do better? How can I teach my team better? Because I don't think the same. I've got an individual on my team that is very tech minded and they think in checking lists off, itemizing things, systems, prior, like, like prioritizing over everything, which is beautiful. I have another individual in my office that's the same way. Then I have another creative type. Then I work with four different artists. They don't think the same way at all. So it's figuring out how do you work with those people but it's really, like I said before, Aaron, it's creating your overall objective for the quarter and focusing there and letting your team know this is where we're going. The thing you're doing right now, is it getting us closer to where we want to go? If not, if the thing you're doing over here isn't getting us anywhere close to our goal, drop that and we'll focus here. We can talk about this, but is this getting us where we want to go? Because creativity is all around us constantly. Everybody has a different way they want to run a business every day. Ah, oh, we should do this. We should try this. We should create this new product. We should build this new website. We should create a new funnel. We more emails, more posts, more this, more that. More things is not going to create more revenue. Single focus is going to create more revenue. Aaron, you keep doing these podcasts over and over and over. You're going to get more listeners. 
And as you get more listeners, you're going to have more impact. And as you're doing that, you're like, cool, I've got this thing. I'm going to sell all of my listeners because you've literally created your own ecosphere. But if you're like, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to create a product. I got a book I'm going to do. I've got this other thing I'm going to do. I got this I'm going to do. I got this. All of a sudden, that energy you have is going to be scattered. And I think as an entrepreneur, that is one of the greatest things we have is the ability to think and grow and create. It's also one of the things that like is one of the worst things that we have is this crazy ability to be creative because we're not singly focused. I mean, if your listeners right now say, what do I have right now that's creating me income? And if I was to just focus right there, that one thing, if I had more phone calls, if I became better at selling people, if I just did that and I just focused on that for six months to a year, could I create enough income that I could either walk away from my business right now or my, not my business, but my job, could I create enough income if you do run a business right now to hire on somebody to do what you just learned how to do with excellence and then go in and then create somebody else to do that and then make sure you're managing those people or putting people in place to manage them and not spending the money you're making from your company, but learn how to live on rice and beans and beans and rice and sleep on your fucking couch. I think that's a great uh, mic drop moment to end it on. John. <laughs> This was a really, this is really cool. Um, I hope that we'll have the opportunity to maybe have, have you back maybe closer to the end of the year. Let us know how things are rolling and progressing. This was really great. You wouldn't guess this is your first podcast. You know that, right? There's a lot of value that you just dropped in this. They're so good. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I, I do. I, I do hope your listeners get some value out of our conversation that they can apply mm. some of those things and, know that Google is your best friend and just, you know, for your listeners, not to, not to overthink things like this is not really all that complicated. Yeah. You have something that somebody wants, you have the personality to provide them what they want mm -hmm. to give them the answers and make sure that you really are doing what you say you're going to do and that you're the best at it. If not be honest with them and yeah. then ask them if they want it and then provide the service and then once they, you provide them the service, do a good job with excellence. And then at that point in time, say, whoever the client is, ma'am, mister, would you mind actually telling me other people that could utilize this service? Would you mind giving me a couple people that you feel that I could benefit their life like I benefited yours? If you truly have benefited their life, there's no way they're not going to say yes. And then you keep doing that. And then there's other skill sets you learn along the way. And there's other people you need to hire along the way. But the reason that we have been able to stay in business as long as we have is because we make agreements with our clients that we are going to provide the best product we possibly can. We are not going to cut corners. We're mm -hmm. going to be innovative. We're going to answer your questions. And we're going to get you the product as fast as we possibly can. And we're going to listen to your concerns because it's yep. not just about the product. It's relationships. I know. Uh, I know you're not overly active. Uh, so I joke with you. Uh, you, you. You told me when we connected. You're like, I'm not very active on Facebook. You dropped heat on Facebook. But seriously, where uh, where can our audience uh, connect with you? How can they follow your journey if they uh, were have made it this far in the podcast? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's fair, man. Um, I would say probably on Facebook and Dalton Lock. I don't have an Instagram. Um, I do have a podcast out there that we've done maybe 10, 15 shows. Um, it's a lot of personal development things on there. It's a little bit about business, but primarily about people that are 
following their journeys of, of people that are addicted, right? Like, and I mean like addicted to substances and things like that and things they can do to break those chains. But also as an entrepreneur, we become very addictive to the process of creation and work. And we also have to break those chains. So it's just my own personal journey, but that would be addicted to freedom on uh, iTunes. Great. And for, for our listeners who follow me, look out in the next probably week or so, you'll, you'll see me tag him in a post either way, because you got you got great stuff out there on Facebook. So I think that'd be a great place for people to connect and follow along in this journey. Dalton, Thank thanks so much. Cannot, well, I cannot wait to have you back on. And I really pre- I appreciate you like crazy for, for doing everything here today. And I know this is going to be a lot of value for our listeners. So appreciate you all and uh, for joining us. And thank you, thank you again to our guest. Yo, yo, you made it to the end of the podcast. Congratulations. I really hope this was, um, I hope this was a fun one for you. We love uh, these interviews. So if this was something that was profound, it hit you hard. Share this with a friend. We don't monetize the podcast in any way, shape, or form. This is uh, strictly for personal development and growth. And frankly, it's a passion project of my own. So um, I really appreciate you all for not only taking the time to to listen, but uh, in helping build this show. Uh, If it impacted you, the best way that you can help us and you can expand the Get After message is to share this with someone who needs it, uh, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Um, And to just, again, like share the word, like share this with your friends, share this with people who uh, could be impacted by this and special, special thanks to our guest today. And with all that being said, I really hope this episode and the daily ones as well are helping you get after it in your life, work, business, whatever it is that you're rolling with. Let's roll. Let's get after it. Make it a great one. Talk soon.